Welcome to Off the Beat, the podcast that discusses all things law enforcement from a cop's point of view. My name is DJ Seals. I'm a former detective, crime analyst, and SWAT operator from the metro Atlanta area. Now, I currently work for Motorola as a law enforcement consultant, but this podcast will never be about product or sales, and that I promise you. I came up with this idea because I wanted to have a place where we could have a conversation about current police issues without you, my listener, feeling like they were in a sales pitch. I wouldn't listen to that, and I'm sure you wouldn't either. So, before we get into today's topic, I want to uh, thank a listener and a fellow podcaster, Oscar Velez. Oscar had me on his podcast. Um, (laughs) I was traveling, so... uh, uh, I, I called in. We had a great conversation. His podcast, brand new. I want you to check it out. It's called The Crime Analyst Podcast. Okay. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, all of those. Uh, the title of the one we were on was How to Use Inspiration and Dedication to Grow Your Career as a Crime Analyst. I met Oscar when I was a keynote speaker at the Florida Crime Intelligence Analyst Association back in 2019. Oscar was just beginning his uh, crime analyst journey, and uh, I'm thankful that he had me on. He does a great job, so I want you all to check out that podcast, okay? Make sure you do that. Now, today's topic, I'm recording this uh, the day before Thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, as soon as I'm done here, um, I've I've got a turkey to go smoke. Uh, No no dad jokes like it's hard to keep it lit, but I'm... But I thought about it and I said, you know, Thanksgiving, and even if you're not listening to this on Thanksgiving, it's fine. Just, just check this out. But I have a a lot of international listeners and here in the U S you know, Thanksgiving, we've got, you know, days off. Uh, technically I think I'm supposed to be off today, but whatever. Um, a, a lot of things go on. We've got parades, we've got, you know, sales that start, which, you know, have my opinion on that. We'll get to, but what in the world is Thanksgiving and what do we have to be thankful for? Huh? So I started thinking about that and I said, you know, we've got over 2,300 listeners now. And a lot of those are international and, and thank you for being here. So I thought, well, first let's talk about what Thanksgiving is. Where'd it come from? You know, there's a lot of things kicking around, you know. Oh, Thanksgiving was made by uh, FDR, uh, President Roosevelt, back in the Great Depression uh, to keep uh, keep sales going. That was it. That's where it started. Uh, or, or you ask somebody else and they go, oh, it's those pilgrims from the Mayflower. As soon as they stepped off the boat, uh, there were these uh, Native Americans. And, and they were there and they said, hey, let's uh, let's have a feast. Or we just learn it from the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. Um, like most things, <laughs> especially in law enforcement, there's one story, there's another story, and somewhere in the middle there's the truth. So before I get into the, 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 the crux of the podcast today, I wanted to do a quick uh, history of Thanksgiving and uh, by the way, if you want to learn more about this, I got this straight off the uh, History Channel's website. Yes, I know, History Channel, you know, aliens and stuff like that. But they actually do some uh, actual history. So let's start back in 1620. A small ship called the Mayflower left Plymouth, England, carrying 102 passengers. 
an assortment of uh, religious separatists seeking a new home where they could freely practice their faith and other individuals lured by the promise of prosperity and land ownership in the new world. Well, after a treacherous and uncomfortable crossing that lasted 66 days, wow, they dropped anchor near the tip of Cape Cod, far north of their intended destination, whoops, we missed it, at the mouth of the Hudson River. One month later, the Mayflower crossed Massachusetts Bay, where the pilgrims, as they are now commonly known, began the work of establishing a village at Plymouth. That's where we get Plymouth Rock. And by the way, uh, I've, I've been to Plymouth Rock. Uh, it's not nearly as big. The rock itself is not nearly as big as uh, as, as some shows uh, show. But it's uh, really cool and uh, still there and has the etching of the year that they landed, that they did. That's, uh, it's quite it's quite quite nice if you have the chance to go there. Well, throughout that first brutal winter, rather, most of the colonists remained on board the ship, where they suffered from exposure, scurvy, and outbreaks of contagious disease. Only half of the Mayflower's original passengers and crew lived to see their first New England spring. It is not going well for the Mayflower here. Well, in March, the remaining settlers moved to shore, where they received an astonishing visit from a local Native American tribe who greeted them in English. Well, that had to be surprising. Several days later, they returned with another Native American, Squanto. Yes, you may know that. A member of a local tribe who'd been kidnapped by an English sea captain and sold into slavery before escaping to London and returning to his homeland on an exploratory expedition. Aha! Now we know how they learned to speak English. Well, Squanto taught the pilgrims, weakened by malnutrition and illness, how to cultivate corn, extract sap from maple trees, catch fish in rivers, and avoid poisonous plants. Well, that's always good. He also helped the settlers forge an alliance with the local tribes, which would endure for more than 50 years. Well, in 1621, November, after the pilgrims' first corn harvest, aha, proved successful, Governor William Bradford organized a celebratory feast and invited a group of the fledgling colony's Native American allies. Now remembered as America's first Thanksgiving, although the pilgrims probably didn't use that term, the festival lasted for three days. Three days. While no record exists of the first Thanksgiving's exact menu, historians have suggested that many of the dishes were likely prepared using traditional Native American spices and cooking methods because the pilgrims had no oven, and the sugar supply was gone, so they didn't feature pies, cakes, or desserts, which would be an atrocity, though pumpkin pie. Sorry. Well, fast forward to the American Revolution. The Continental Congress designated one or more days of Thanksgiving a year. One or more. Hmm. And in 1789, George Washington, first president of the United States, by the way, issued the first Thanksgiving proclamation by the national government of the United States. In it, he called upon Americans to express their gratitude for the happy conclusion to the country's war of independence and the successful ratification of the United States Constitution. His successors, John Adams and James Madison, also designated days of thanks during their presidencies, but no official thanksgiving, if you will, just yet. We're going to have to go all the way to 1817 for that. 1817, New York became the first of several states to adopt an annual Thanksgiving holiday. Each, however, celebrated it on a different day. Oddly enough, as I was looking into this, the American South, where I live now, 
uh, remained largely unfamiliar with the tradition. Hmm. Okay. Ten years later, 1827, the noted magazine editor and prolific writer Sarah Hale, uh, she was a, a great writer. You would actually know some of her stuff, perhaps, <clears throat> one of which is the nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb. She launched a campaign to establish Thanksgiving as a national holiday. You think, oh, 1827, well, when did that happen, DJ? 1828, 1829? Negative. For 36 years, <laughs> she published numerous editorials and sent scores of letters to governors, senators, presidents, and other politicians, earning her the nickname, the mother of Thanksgiving. And I'm guessing if she sent 36 years of hundreds and thousands of letters, she probably had another nickname on Capitol Hill. I digress. Abraham Lincoln finally heeded her request in 1863 at the height of the Civil War. Now, this is quite interesting. That's right in the middle of the Civil War. In a proclamation entreating all Americans to ask God to commend his tender care to all those who become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife and to heal the wounds of the nation. He scheduled Thanksgiving for the final Thursday in November and it was celebrated on that day every year until 1939 when Franklin D. Roosevelt moved the holiday up a week in an attempt to spur retail sales during the Great Depression. This was not received well. As a matter of fact, uh, many call Roosevelt's plan Frank's giving for Franklin. Uh, and in 1941, Roosevelt reluctantly signed a bill making Thanksgiving the fourth Thursday in November. That is the quickest rundown of Thanksgiving you'll ever hear. You're welcome. But as you look at this, and I thought about this, so Thanksgiving started with people who felt that they were being persecuted uh, in Europe, who who got on a, a ship. And by the way, in in Massachusetts, there's there's actually um, a, an exact replica of the Mayflower. Uh, if you want to go take a look at it, you can get on it and walk around it. And let me tell you right now. When, when I was on that, there were probably maybe 50 people taking numerous tours. And I felt there's too many people on this boat. <laughs> it's not big. It, it's not big at all. Uh, and there were 102 on that for 66 days. You know, we think about, oh, they came over on a sailing ship. Must have been kind of like the Titanic. You know, no, it's, it wasn't that big. It wasn't that opulent. Um, it it was it was small uh, in comparison, but they they felt so strongly about it that they came over, not really knowing exactly where they were going, obviously because they went to the wrong spot, and then finally found a spot that looked nice and went, "Yep, this is it." But but through that winter, because unfortunately winter in uh, New England is not great. Um, unless you have, you know, modern amenities. They did not. They lost over half, over half of them. And then out of the blue come a Native American tribe that speaks English. Why? Because one of their own was, was taken into slavery over to Europe and got back over here and, and didn't hold a grudge. That, that's amazing. That's amazing. And they teach them things that they need to know to live 
and, and then they go further and say, you know, we're good. We're going to be part of this community. And for 50 years, that continued. Won't get into why it didn't continue in 50 years. You can look that up yourself. More people came over and they weren't nearly as nice. And then it switches over, right? And, and now we're going to give thanks because of the American Revolution being successful. Okay. All right. So again, breaking away from those we felt oppressive, right? And, and then we jump to, um, then we jump to, to, to Lincoln in the, in the middle of the Civil War. And that had to be something. I mean, the, 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 the country was torn apart, right? The literal brother against brother you hear about. And he went, oh, we should probably have Thanksgiving so we can give thanks to, you know, what we have. And, uh, and, and it was more of a time of lament. It was more of a time of we should sit and, and, and think about how we can come back together. And then we get all the way to, you know, New York. And then we get to Sarah Hale. Who, who had to be the most belligerent in a good way, because I think belligerent can be a good way in this time. We need a national Thanksgiving for 36 years. And then she, she gets what she wants, and then, of course, we get into the, well, should it be this day or that day? And then just a little bit was the sales part. Oh, we want to spur sales. But now keep in mind, we, we can't make FDR, you know, a complete bad guy here because he it was the middle of the great depression people were losing their homes they were starving i mean i know both of my parents went through the great depression horrible time and so he's like well, well maybe if we move it up here people will still need stuff and that would help spur that going into christmas and on and on but nonetheless if we think about the real true core of thanksgiving it's all about a celebration of being past something horrible. At least in the beginning it was. So I thought to myself, well, what do we have to be thankful for? Right? And then a list of things were rushing in my head. Law enforcement. Is there much to be thankful for right now? Yeah, there is. There is. Think about those. Think about those people who are, who, are, who are still behind you in your job. Who, you know, I know right now, it's probably already happened. Uh, there, there was a, a group of businesses here in town that right before Thanksgiving and right before Christmas, both, uh, they would show up with literally a pallet with a massive uh, box. This is huge. I mean, it takes takes a forklift to move it, of turkeys. And they did it for us, and they did it for the sheriff's department, and they did it for others, and they just wanted to show their thanks. Just a pallet full of turkeys. Here, come, come get one, right? And it doesn't seem like much, but it was really nice. And I remember working uh, on Thanksgiving, and people would come up to the department with darn near full Thanksgiving meals they had given. And you go, well, DJ, it was years ago. Yeah, but it's still happening. I talked to friends all over. I just got back from 
Salem, Oregon, right? And, and I watched in Salem, Oregon, they have a brand new uh, police department. Like when I was there, they moved in three days prior. It's beautiful. And, and they've been struggling to get a new department for a very long time. And they've got it now. And people were thankful. And, and the chief is retiring. A new chief is coming in. But the chief that's retiring has been there so long and is so endeared with the public that because of COVID, they couldn't have a thank you breakfast, uh, a send away. So, so they did it virtually. And, and, and people were there and people uh, cared. So we've got to be thankful for those who still care. We've got to be thankful for those of our family that watch us leave in the middle of the night and support us even though it's got to be bothering them inside. We, we've got to be thankful for that. You know, and I thought about it, and you go, well, that's all easy, sure, we got that. But you know what? I'm also thankful for those who don't see it the way we do. I'm thankful for those that I've had conversations with, and I spoke about this in previous podcasts, who, who have had conversations with who say, you know, well, basically they believe everything social media teaches them. And I'm thankful for them. They, they don't necessarily support police. They don't necessarily support probably even the military. They are non-supporters. And I'm thankful for them. And here's why. I'm thankful for the fact that they are bold enough to reach out, to ask questions, to tell me, I don't agree with you. I think all cops are X. I think we should defund. I think whatever. And the reason I'm thankful for that is because then they open the door for me to be able to give them what we know to be the truth. Whether they believe it's the truth or not, it, it, truth is based in fact, not opinion. And then there's a, well, not as big a number, but there are many that will have a dialogue with me and with others that I've spoken to around the nation. And they can change. I guess a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago now, I was in uh, California, and I was taking a trip uh, back from my hotel to the airport to to take the trip back home, and uh, a driver picked me up, and we were driving back, and uh, we just got in that conversation. You know, what do you do? And da da da. And I told him, and I could tell he was kind of on the fence about policing. He, he, you know, maybe maybe wanted to support, but wasn't sure, and and we just had a conversation, and I, I gave him some some numbers, some facts, some opinions from the line, if you will. And we got to the airport. He parked. We got out, and he was still talking. He was still asking questions, and he was, I'm going to tell my friends this. No, I, wh- how come nobody knows this? Well because we keep getting our news from whoever tweeted what, right? I'm thankful for that guy. I'm thankful for the opportunity to have the conversation. Obviously, we should be thankful every single day we get to come home and take the gun belt off and hang it up. 
And likewise, we should be thankful for every day we get to put it on and go back in. Let me be honest with you. I miss it sometimes. I'm very happy with what I'm doing. Don't get me wrong. But, but I miss it sometimes. Right? You should be thankful that you had the ability to help. That you have the fortitude to help. That somewhere in your DNA, you're unlike others who, and this is no slight on them, who in the, in the face of danger might run, would run, take cover. We should be thankful. EMS, fire, dispatch, police, sheriff, everybody in, in, in public safety. We should be thankful that we were given the ability to forge ahead into the middle of that. Because somebody needs to, right? You should be thankful you're one of those. You should really be thankful about that. We got a new president, I think. <laughs> Depends on who you talk to. But it's moving forward. I'm thankful. Am I thankful because I voted for one or the other? I'm not going to get into that. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the process. I'm thankful for the process that we can do that here in the United States. Yeah, we're not going to get into all the electoral college and all that stuff, but I'm thankful that the process is here. I'm thankful that when I went to vote, I stood in the line, I went through, I voted, and I went about my day. I wasn't accosted on the way. I wasn't pressured on the way. I didn't have to pay to vote. Yes, there are places. I didn't have to be a certain uh, race, creed, or color to vote. We were all voting together. You know, you hear a lot about that. Well, the vote this and the vote that and the vote this. Listen, look around in the line. People who did not agree with each other. People who did not look like each other. People of uh, decades of, of age difference. My son, he, he, he's 18. It was his first time voting. He was with us. There were people in the line that were well into their 80s. They were voting. Everybody agreed on one thing. Let's go vote. Not quite everybody, but the people that were there. Let's go vote. We agreed upon that process. I'm thankful that we can do that. We cannot lose track of the fact that we have the ability, especially here in the United States, to do those things where we obviously have Thanksgiving. You know, I'm thankful for all those who went ahead of me and forged the way, who came in and said, this is the way we need to do this. This is the way we need to set up the, the detectives division. This is, this is how we investigate this crime or that crime. I'm thankful for those who, who taught me and, and are teaching you. I'm thankful for others who have podcasts like mine, like my buddy Oscar, right? More voices for law enforcement. I'm thankful for that. And I see that every day. I look at podcasts and go, oh, there's another one. Fantastic. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, right? More voices. And not in a, an ugly way. We don't need that. Just conversational. 
I'm obviously thankful for my listeners, 2,300 listeners. We're just just over a year now uh, of these uh, podcasts, and you, you just don't understand how, how, how thankful I am for them. Um, matter of fact, a year and one month <laughs> today. <laughs> That's great. I've had a lot of good time. And uh, no, I'm not signing off. But in the next year, we're going to be doing more of these. We're going to be talking about more particular topics. I want you to hang out with me on these. Uh, you know, you never can tell what we're going to get into or how we're going to get into it or what will be said. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I had a listener tell me the other day. Um, I was uh, in, in San Diego and they said, oh, I really liked that particular podcast da, 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 da. how long does it take you to uh protect to put that together and i went that one yeah uh, as long as it took me to say it what are you talking about and i said well i, I don't write any of this down and well, you don't prepare i said oh, i prepare i prepare in my head i, I walk this through i know what i'm going to talk about i know my points but no i don't don't do that my wife asked me the same question just last night no i, I don't i don't do that is it because I'm lazy? No. I mean, obviously, if if I have definitions, remember I like definitions, uh, legal definitions, or if I'm reading law, or or uh, this one today, right? With Mary had a little lamb being <laughs> the lady who wrote Mary had a little lamb being the mother of Thanksgiving. Who knew? You know, I'm gonna do some research there, and I'm gonna read that. But from that point on, I want it to literally be from the hip. Because I think that's where the truth lies. I'm not a real big one in prepared statements. I'm not a real big one in in prepared presentations. If you've ever seen me teach, I don't like PowerPoint. But I just don't like it. Uh, I'll use it for visual guides. But the way I teach, the way I consult, is off the hip. And it's because that's where... The truth lies. If we're off script, we say what we think. Maybe that's what we need to take into this Thanksgiving. You know, friends, family, maybe you can get with them. Maybe you can't this year, depending on, you know, the health or, or, or um, what's going on in your state or your nation. But have conversations, not the regular so, um, how's work going? Mm, it's fine. How are the kids? Oh, they're, they're good. Oh, so you painted a room in your house. Oh yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have a conversation. Don't forget the friends and family are in one of the most important things. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my, for my two sons. I'm thankful for my wife, my mother-in-law. Yes. I'm thankful for my mother-in-law. Matter of fact, she just moved in with us and it's been great. And I'm glad she's here. Whether you're listening to this on Thanksgiving or you're listening to this in June, (laughs) whenever you're listening to this, take this as a moment to stop. I know we get bombarded with just poison, venom toward law enforcement, toward any public safety, really. Take a moment to say, but wait, 
There are good things in my job. There are things that make me happy. I, I cannot wait to help somebody out here or, 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 or frankly, put that bad guy in prison because they're, they're, they're that bad. They're just, they're a horrible person. They hurt people and injustice must be done. It's okay to be thankful for justice. You know, to wrap this one up right before we get to stupid criminals, what do you have to be thankful for? A lot. A lot more, I think, if you sit down and think about it, than what you don't have to be thankful for. Really search that out. All right, it's time for Stupid Criminals. Police in Lakeland, Florida say a man attempted to shoplift. Oh, you'll like this one. Shoplift 15 quart-sized bottles of motor oil. And, <laughs> like, and? 15 quart-sized bottles of motor oil and 30 DVDs from a 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even sure how you carry 15 quart-sized bottles of motor oil in your hands let alone plus 30 DVDs. Oh, that's right. He didn't carry them in his hands. He stuffed them all down his pants. I, I didn't look odd at all. Well, his problem, other than being stupid, was that Polk County Detective Phil Ryan was parked outside the store, <laughs> about to come in. He's looking through the store window and watches this dude do all of this. <laughs> the quote is, this is great. Then he waddles like a duck out of the store. Our detective was sitting in the car watching all of this, saying to himself, Self, I think I'll arrest him. <laughs> he was charged with felony theft. Felony theft! Why? Because of the amount. Jeez. <clears throat> dumb. Pure dumb. Closer to me now, and actually where one of my, a couple of my buddies now work, Lawrenceville, Georgia. Eric Rivers was arrested in connection with a spree of bank robberies in Lawrenceville, Georgia, uh, after police were able to determine his identity. Hmm. Well, that's because he made the mystifying decision to appear in an on-camera interview with a local news station for an unrelated story about public transit right after he robbed the bank. Didn't change clothes. <laughs> and the interview was near the bank. Lawrenceville Police say Rivers was suspected of having uh, having just robbed the Chase Bank and was believed to be in the midst of casing other banks when he agreed to be interviewed. Statement from the uh, police department said, you see, when you accept an interview and provide them with your real name, it actually makes our job too easy. Rivers is accused of robbing a total of five banks in the Lawrenceville area before his crime spree was halted. Well, thanks to the local news team. Yay. News helping the cops out. That should be a headline. <laughs> anyway, a disgruntled Florida senior found a rather forceful, not to mention dangerous, way of expressing his frustration with AT&T employees. Yeah, mm-hmm. You see, um, they were parked in front of his house, blocking his driveway, and a video captured by AT&T, you can look at this up, by the way, shows the 64-year-old man using a pistol to shoot out the tires of the parked truck. 
employees were just staring at him. He moved slowly, and he was armed with a large revolver. He shot out each of the tires on the parked truck before reloading, then opening fire on a second truck. Apparently, the homeowner was upset the trucks were parked in front of the driveway, said the Hialeah police sergeant. The senior was charged with two counts of aggravated assault with a firearm and one count of felony vandalism. And the last one today. Oh, it's a good one. This one, this one, this one you need to look up. Just, just look this one up. The video is unbelievable. A Maryland man was arrested after police say he attempted to board a school bus. Mm-hmm. School bus. And then clung to the front of the moving vehicle after the driver refused to let him in. Baltimore County Police said on Saturday the man tried to stop the bus after a bottle was allegedly thrown out of it, striking his vehicle. Okay. Just write down the bus number. When the bus driver refused to let him in, police say he jumped on the hood of the bus. The school bus driver, concerned for his safety and concerned for the safety of the students, didn't want to open the door, so the man went around to the front of the bus, stood in front of the bus as it began to move forward, and then jumped on the hood. Yes, there's video. (laughs) The man is holding onto the vehicle, screaming, yelling to open the door, slamming his fist on the hood. (laughs) A police statement says the driver continued to move slowly in the direction of a police precinct for assistance while the man clung to the bus. That's right. Now, vision this, Batman. I know it's really me this, but nonetheless. There's a guy on the hood of a school bus screaming and hollering. And the driver drives to the nearest police station to drop him off. As well, he did. You know, as we go along this journey together, I may say some things you don't agree with, or may say some things you do agree with, or even have a topic you'd like me to cover. I've had some of those. Even have a request for a potential interview that you'll be looking forward to here in the near future. And maybe you have a funny police story you'd like to share with me. Had some of those too. Thank you. I encourage you to email me at offthebeat at MotorolaSolutions.com to give me your thoughts and ideas. And check out my Twitter page at DJ underscore off the beat. Until next time, stay diligent, stay educated, and stay safe.